Hello, I'm Pastor Keith Val III, and I want to thank you so much for tuning into the podcast of the Way Church of Tampa Bay. Our desire is that as a result of the word, that you no longer settle with simply coming to church, but you become the church. I pray that you enjoy this broadcast and that it challenges you, that it convicts you, and that it changes you. Thank you again, and let's enter into today's message. As you stand to your feet and you take up your Bibles, thank God for the wonder-working power of our God. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. Here's why I say this. On Sunday, Dana led us in worship, and the Spirit of the Lord was so thick and present in this place. And you could never think that anything was wrong with Dana. And then the, somebody say that same night, I get a call, she's throwing up blood. And when she said she, I, I can't even believe I spoke with her on Thursday. I sat and spoke with her, but I went to the hospital on Monday. And when I tell you, they said she was fighting for her life. There was blood everywhere and they could not figure what was going on. But somebody say on Thursday. Matter of fact, it was three days late. Three days later, it was three days later. She was. I need y'all to understand something about the power of God. She was breathing on her own. She was sedated. Listen, she was incubated and just on. Somebody say Wednesday. I'm so glad that we serve a God. I don't want to steal her testimony because when she comes back, there's going to be another power that rests upon her life. But I know she might be watching right now. Someone say, we love you, Dana. So for somebody that does not believe God still works, somebody still works. Yeah, he still works. And you know, I want you to hear this, and I'm, I'm going to take my text. When I got the call that she woke up, I expected her to be in the bed. I expected to see her in the bed. Somebody say she was sitting up. Oh, hallelujah. We serve a God that cannot fail. So I want to just tell the saints, yes, God. Yes, God. Somebody who did not think God could move in your life. We serve a God that cannot fail. Yes, God. So grateful for our God. So grateful for our God. If she, if she could, y'all, she would have tore up that hospital room. She would have tore that room up. Amen. But in a soon coming day, I know she'll be with us and she'll be able to give her own testimony. Stand to your feet, Isaiah chapter 2, Isaiah chapter 2, I, I, listen, I want to do this real quickly because I never, I never, um, the Bible says give honor to whom honor is due, amen, so whenever God graces our, our presence with those that are called to the fivefold, 
I want to acknowledge them. I believe we have Apostle Johnson and Prophetess Johnson in the house of the Lord today. Can you just stand and wave your hand? Amen. Can we honor their lives? Honor you, honor you, honor you. So grateful for your presence that you would grace us this morning. I am humbled that you are here this morning. And I pray that the Lord does something in this little Bible study word. I'm going to get Isaiah chapter 2 verse 11. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. Hey, Brie, I love you and I miss you. It's good to see you. Amen. That, that, that's our daughter, y'all. That's our daughter. The Bible says human pride will be brought down and human arrogance will be humbled. But somebody say only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment. Every human pride will be brought down. Human arrogance will be humbled. But someone say, only the Lord will be exalted on that day of judgment. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I ministered on last week uh, about the perspective of pride. Somebody say the perspective of pride. And as a key, as a quick drop back on what that entailed, I said, watch this, that pride that goes unchecked or unnoticed will leave us unprotected. Somebody say unprotected. And here's what pride wants to do in our lives. It wants to watch this, give us perpetual isolation. Pride always wants to isolate you. And I said this about pride. Pride gains strength when it's not confronted. So, so the reason I want to be isolated, because I don't want to be confronted, I don't want to be counseled, and I don't want to be corrected. Somebody say isolation. Uh, so we got to be careful when, 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 when the enemy makes us think that isolation God. Somebody say it's not. it's not. Yeah, yeah, there's seasons of solitude. There's seasons where we should seek the Lord in prayer and solitude. But when you always in isolation, somebody say that's a problem. That's a problem. So, so, so I said that this, there's this perpetual isolation. And then I said there's private interpretation. In other words, where I don't lean on God's word or his spirit to get any direction from my life. Somebody say that's pride. Because you think you all that because you think your resume done took you somewhere and you ain't got to consult God. Somebody say that's dangerous. And then here's the other thing. When I, I said not only is it perpetual isolation, not only is it private interpretation, but watch this. It's prosperity with interdependence. In other words, it means that all of my success is, is dependent upon me. Somebody say the devil is alive. And I said one of the greatest ways for pride to sneak in is when you just had a level of success. Uh, and, and so, so watch this. Uh, pride will make you think that your success is all about you. Pride will make you think that you got all the information you need to have direction for your life. And pride will tell you that you don't need nobody to counsel or correct you. Somebody say the devil is a lie. So, so that was a quick backdrop on what I taught on last week. And watch this. I need us to understand that the perspective of pride not only wants pride to go unnoticed, but the perspective of pride wants God's position on pride to be made unaware. In other words, pride does not want you to know how God feels about your pride. In other words, the enemy wants you to be high, but not know God's heart concerning it. The enemy wants you to be self-exalted, but not know how God sees you. And it wants you to be boastful, but not know how that burdens God. Somebody say, that's pride. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of folk that are haughty, and they don't know God's heart concerning it. 
They are self-exalted and don't know how God sees them. And they're boastful, but they don't know how it burdens God. Because watch this, pride's ability to reside in you will determine God's response to your life. Somebody say, I need God to respond to me. And could it be maybe one of the reasons that God is not responding to you is because pride is residing in your life. So, so, so we call on God. We're asking God to show up and God is saying, I have no room for myself because pride is present. This means, watch this, how you respond to pride will determine how God responds to you. Someone say, let me deal with the pride in my life. And I know this, I made mention of this and I'll make mention of this again during this sermon. But this is why James 4 and 6 reminds us that God resists the proud. So if we question if pride is in our life, we need to question how does God respond to me? The quick ways to find out if pride is present, God, how do you respond to me? Because watch this, the very lack of God's presence in our lives may be as a result of our pride. I want y'all to hear me and hear me good. If you want God to show up, someone say, if I want God to show up, I've got to get pride out of my life. This is why we should never take God's presence lightly because much of what God's presence is dependent upon is what we have going on in our own lives. Somebody say, you can't come to God any kind of way. So, so we can't afford to be ignorant concerning God's position on pride. And he realized why pride is a poison because it's a slow death. Somebody say pride is a slow death. And as I mentioned last week, where there is the prevalent presence of pride, we are unprotected and subject to our destruction. I'm going to give you Bible Proverbs 16, 18. We should all know this, but pride precedes our destruction. It declares that pride goes before destruction and a heart of spirit before a fall. Destruction is the portion of the prideful. Ooh, that's so dangerous, y'all. That, 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 that. If, if our destruction is promise for the prideful, someone say, get pride out of your life. I need us to hear this, and I know you may not like me, but yes, we serve a God of love, but God does not love those that are in pride. I, I know God is a God of love. His mercy endureth forever, but y'all don't like this. God does not love those that live in pride. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't like me this morning, but I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help us get into the presence of God. Watch what Proverbs 6 reminds us. It says this in Proverbs 6, 16 through 17, 8. The Bible says there are six things that the Lord hates. Yeah. Uh, somebody say he hates this. He hates Matter of fact, seven things that he t- detests. And the first thing he says is haughty eyes. Somebody say that's pride. That's pride. Ooh. Somebody say that, that's dangerous, y'all. And here it lies the trick of the enemy and the narrative that the world has written. It wants us to believe we can live any kind of way and God will overlook how we live. I don't know about nobody else. God's response to me matters. Somebody say his response to me matters. And if his response to me, me matters, it matters my response to pride. Ooh, somebody say God search my heart. You can live in pride and let the world tell you that you can live in pride. But God does not overlook your pride. He opposes the proud. Even more, consider 1 John 2, 15 through 16. 
The Bible says, do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world and the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life, somebody say pride, comes not from the Father but from the world. This means you can't love God and live in pride. All of us lifting our hands and we're so boastful, so haughty, and say, I love God and I love him with all my heart. Someone say, stop lying. And that ain't Pastor Keith. Someone say, that's Bible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you got pride in your heart, the Bible says it does not come from the Father. Someone say, you can't love God and live in pride. I know I'm stepping on toes this morning. Yeah, so in other words, James 4, 4 reminds us, watch this, that we are enemies with God. It says if you love anything in the world, James 4, 4 says you're not just, uh, uh, not, uh, don't have the ability to love God, you're an enemy of God. The Bible says anybody who loves the world and the things of the world are, are at enmity with God. Someone say it's in the book. What a dangerous thing to walk around with pride, unnoticed and unchecked, not knowing that I'm an enemy with God. Somebody say, that's pride. That's pride. This is, I, I don't, this is why I don't care how much God does in my life. I want to make sure I'm never lifted up in pride. Ooh, because the quickest way for God to start doing stuff in your life, somebody say, is to walk in pride. So the critical question we got to ask ourselves is, how does God respond to me? Because the answer to this question will determine God's position of us. And watch this, if pride may be residing in our life. So if you ain't got no discernment, just ask yourself, how does God respond to you? Because some of y'all ain't got no discernment. And if you ain't got no discernment, just look at how God is responding to you. Because it might be pride in your life. Therefore, this morning, I want to reveal God's position on pride and how he responds to the prideful so that we won't be ignorant concerning God's position on pride. In our foundational text, really quickly before I, I look at our text, we find the Lord declaring his promises over the children of Israel in verses 1 through 4. You can see that in the text. And then it talks about the prevalence of pride in their lives in verses 5 through 10. And then the Lord reveals his ultimate position in pride in verse number 11. Yet in the midst of the children of Israel, reveals his posture towards the children of Israel while they're living in their pride. In other words, we find the response of the Lord to the children of Israel as they find themselves in pride. And as it was for the children of Israel, so it is for us. God will respond to us in like manner as he did to the children of Israel in the text. If we want to know if we're living in pride, somebody say, just look at the book. And watch this. I need us to hear this and hear this real, real good. God, watch this. It's important to note that our foundational text reveals that you can experience the hand of God and still be haughty. Did y'all hear what I just said? You can experience the hand of God and still be haughty. Our text says you can be called yet still conceited. And you can have a proclamation over your life and still live in pride. How do I know? Someone say, how do I know? These were God's chosen people and they were full of pride. Somebody say, I can be chosen and still conceited. And that's how pride is so dangerous. Because I can be called, I can know the hand of God, I can have a word over my life and still be walking in pride. 
Someone say that's dangerous. So I've got to be ever mindful of God's response to me while I'm walking with him. Someone say I've got to be mindful of his response. And as it was for them, so it can be for us. And this is why it's critical we understand God's position on pride. So let's look at the text and I'm going to be out your way. Verse 6a says, for the Lord has rejected his people, the descendants of Jacob. At the presence of pride, God removes his presence. Did y'all catch what I just said? Because I don't want that to go over nobody's head. At the presence of pride, God will always remove his presence. Someone say that's dangerous. So understand this. One of the quickest ways for the Lord to forsake you is for you to be full of pride. You want God to remove his hand from your life? Someone say, just get full of pride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch what Psalm 5, 5 declares, because I'm going to give you Bible. Therefore, the proud may not stand in your presence. So, so watch this. Have you ever been in a place where you know the presence of the Lord is in the, in the place and somebody's looking like a statue? They, 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 they can't feel nothing. They can't sense nothing. It may be because they're living in pride. Because pride... At the presence of pride, God removes his presence. Somebody say that's too much weight. That's too much weight. In other words, watch this. Uh, That means God will remove himself from those who have no reason or no room for him. Because here's what pride declares. That we can rely on ourselves and ourselves alone. So God is saying, if you're going to rely on yourself There's no reason for me to be in your life. Are y'all catching what I'm saying? If I don't need to go on my face in prayer, if I don't need to seek his word, why would God show up? And one of the quickest things that we do when we get into situations of trouble is we try to figure it out on our own. And many of us, I said this on last week, pride does just not look like person that's always saying I'm all this and a bag of chips. What pride says is I don't need God. Somebody say it's subtle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So God says, if you don't need me, if you don't need to rely on me, I'm just going to remove myself. Tell God, don't re- somebody say, God, don't remove yourself. Now, notice this. Watch what God, how God responds to the pride of the children of Israel in our text. The Bible says, for the Lord has rejected his people. Somebody say, his people. Yeah, you can be a believer and God still reject you. But I need us to understand what this word rejected in Isaiah 2.6 means. It's the Hebrew word natash. And one definition of this word means to leave. So in other words, God said, if you're going to be prideful, if you're going to ride out on your own, somebody say, God going to ride out. that's dangerous y'all he says I'm going to leave and the sad reality is that God will leave the person that is resolved to live in pride this means the promise that the Lord will never leave nor forsake you is only reserved for those that don't live in pride we love to pray that God he'll never leave you nor forsake you the first thing you need to ask that person are you living in pride because I don't want to pray this amiss I don't want to declare this over your life amiss and we're wondering why God has not shown up. Somebody say, could it be because of pride? I want to say something, and I don't want y'all to get offended. Many of us depend on people more than we depend on God. 
And somebody say that's pride. So we get offended when I, the one I think I need don't show up. I don't care if you don't show up. I need God to show up. And we get so mad because they ain't pick up the phone. It was one, we trying to get them right. I ain't going to call no names. But they was in a text thread and they were asking for some help. And none of the men responded. And they got offended. Could it be that God was waiting on him to seek him rather than us to seek a man? We had to check them real quick. We said, we love you. But you somebody say, I need God. Because here's the other thing. I'm not, I'm not present. Did y'all catch what I just said? I'm not, I'm not present. So even if you want your pastor to show up, he can't always show up. But somebody say, God can. So let's not allow pride to slip in our life because we've set somebody else on a pedestal that they don't belong on. Ooh, help your people today. And I said this on last week and I'll say it again. I don't know about anybody else, but I need God. When I saw Dana on that bed with all them tubes, I said, God, I need you to show up. I said, God, I need you to move. God, I said, I, if anything, do anything for your servant, his move on your child's behalf. And listen, it's not because I need y'all to catch this and catch this real good. I don't have to pray like Miss Cindy for God to show up. I don't have to go in like Miss Carol for God to show. I don't even have to know the words of prayer like, like Minister Chantel for God to show up. Somebody say, I've got to remove pride. Yeah, I bet you that God will show up in the quickness if you remove pride. God gets no level, no more level of joy when we seek him before we seek anything else. I can't afford for God to leave me. And I said this before, pride declares that you don't need God. And this is why God's position on pride is that God rejects the proud. So if you're having trouble with God showing up in your life, if you're having this consistency where God ain't moving in your life, someone say, check your pride. Notice what Psalm 138.6 declares. Though the Lord is great, he cares for the humble. But he keeps his distance from the proud. So could it be one of the reasons that the Lord feels distant in your life is because you're sinking deep in pride. So here's a word of wisdom. This text also reveals that if you need the God show up, it's not how well you quote scripture. It's not how much you sacrifice and it's not what you sow. Somebody say, don't be deceived. It's determined by your ability to remain low. Now that's good news y'all and, and we've got it so twisted That I've got to sow into a word For God to show up Somebody say the devil is a lie I don't need to be no apostle And I thank God for the apostle in the house I don't need to be no prophet And I thank God for them that are in the house But I just got to remain low Somebody say remain low And I'll say this because the firefighter is in the house, the only reason people get elevated is because we know how to remain low. That's it. And the reason my many people that are in these certain positions in the firefold know how to call on the presence of God is because we know how to remain. Someone say low. 
Here's the problem. I want y'all to leave this church and leave it very quickly when the pastor no longer worships. When the pastor no longer seeks God's face. When the pastor never wants to pray. Somebody say, run. Because that means they don't know how to remain. This is why I, I need to make sure I do a little couple push-ups every now and then. Because I got to be able to know how to pick up a chair. How to serve the saints. To fix a plate for the mothers. Because we got to learn how to remain. Somebody say, Lord. Ah, oh, that's good news, y'all. Yeah, if I want God to show up, I got to remain low. And I'm going to give you Bible. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, somebody say, then. This means the very ability for God to hear us, let alone show up, requires that we humble ourselves. So this is so dangerous. We've got to know God's position on pride. God, somebody say, rejects the pride. So the first thing I need us to see that he rejects the pride. Now let's look at verse number eight. The Bible says, their land is full of idols. The people worship things that they have made with their own hands. In other words, the Lord keeps record where pride resides. Someone say, help us today. In other words, God does not forget the acts of those that are full of pride. Somebody say, he don't forget. Watch what our foundational text says. I believe I have it on our screen. Go go to the next um, slide for me. The children of Israel in our text, we find them putting their trust in their false worship. The Bible says they made alliances with pagans. They put their trust in their wealth. The Bible says their, their silver and gold, there is no end to their treasures. And the Bible says they even put their trust in their warfare. It said their war horses. They talked about their chariots, that there was no end to that. And then the Bible goes on to say that they created these things with their own hands. Why is this significant? Because God holds us accountable for the prideful acts of our hands. Oh, somebody say, he remembers. And it ain't, it ain't a good thing that he remembers. He, 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 that means he keeps record of every sinful act that pride comes out of our life. Oh, somebody say, help us today. Uh, notice this. This is why Job 36 9 reminds us with these words. He shows them reason. He shows them their sins of their pride. In other words, this means pride never goes unnoticed by God. The prideful thing nobody sees, but someone say God sees. Yeah, yeah, you, you can hide that thing in your heart, but someone say God sees. Even if it goes unnoticed by you and by others, someone say God knows. He knows the pride that resides in our heart. So here's what we got to do. Because God remembers our pride in the prideful acts of our sin, we've got to ask God, go to our next slide. As David declared in Psalm 139 verse 23, search me, O God, and know my heart. When I can't discern the pride in my life, I've got to always be on my face asking God to search me. God, God, I know you blessed me. I, I, I don't want to come off as, um, as boastful, so God, please search my heart. I, I, don't, I don't ever want pride to slip in because somebody say it will slip in. I've got to ask God. Somebody say, search me. And I think one of the things that we don't do good in the body of Christ, we know how to seek God, but we don't know how to ask God. 
to search us. Whenever we need something, we go and seek God, but nobody wants to ask God to search me. Somebody say, search me, God. Yeah, because we know what's in the closet, but we don't want the closet stuff to come out. Somebody say, search me. Because even when you can't see pride in your life, you need the one who can reveal it to you. Because we can't, watch this, the reason why I need God to search me if I can't discern it is so that I can deal with what I can't see. Someone say, help me deal with what I can't see. Because if not, he remembers every prideful act that I commit. And I said this last week, the pride that we are unable to discern is the pride that we're unable to deal with. So we can be walking around, prime example, somebody say King Saul. King Saul was lifted up in pride, still doing the work of a king, not knowing that God's hand was removed from him. I never want to just be walking, living life, not knowing that God's hand has been removed. Somebody say, search me, God. Yeah, search me, God. Search me, God. So, so watch, watch what, what um, Psalm 138 verse 6 says. The Bible says, the Lord is on high. He regards the lowly, but the proud he knows afar. That means even the pride that is hidden in my heart, somebody say, God knows. Here's a word of wisdom, because I don't want, somebody say, I ain't got to be no prophet to see pride. Somebody say, I ain't got to be no prophet to see pride. And here's a word of wisdom. The pride you can't discern many times someone else already knows. So I'm going to deputize y'all this morning. Watch what Jeremiah 48, 29 says. We have heard the pride of Moab. He is exceedingly proud of his loftiness, arrogance, and pride, and the haughtiness of his heart. This means, someone say, I can help the heart. Someone say, just open up your mouth. Because watch this, some of us, good news to me, I know we don't like this, because nobody don't want to be checked in the church no more. Somebody say, we need the church of old. Where the mothers would call out your sin. And many of us know folk are boastful and prideful, and we don't open up our mouth. And the reason I want to open up my mouth is not to call you out. It's so that God can come back in your life. Did y'all catch what I just said? I'm not calling you out just to call you out. I need God to come back. So I'm going to say, God, come back. Because watch this. If you leave pride unchecked and God don't come back, they're going to stay prideful. Because I don't have the ability to deal with the pride that's in your life. So I'm going to say, God does. Somebody say, say it with grace. Y'all need y'all to say it with grace. Don't just be calling folk out. Because if you can't cry out to God about your pride, the good news is someone can call you out. Somebody say, call out pride. We may need to tell you about the residue of your pride so the Lord won't remember your pride. Ooh, that's good news, y'all. And we're telling you that we remember what we remember about your pride and the hopes that you might repent. Y'all heard what I just said? This is for our church. Someone say, our church. If we know somebody's walking in pride, someone say, call it out. And I'm going to say this, and y'all may not like this, because folk don't like to do this. Someone say, even the pastor too. If you got the grace for the pastor, and you see the pastor operating in pride, someone say, call it out. Because it's so dangerous 
Somebody say it affects all of us. That's some stuff that God only does corporately. And if we got one seed of pride, somebody say it's poison. And here's God's position on pride. It causes God to remember the pride. In other words, the sins of their pride. I'm almost done, y'all. So God's position on pride is that he rejects the proud. He remembers the proud. And let's look at verse number nine. The Bible says, so they now will be humbled and all will be brought low to do not that do not forgive them. Crawl into the craves in the rocks, hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty. I made mention of this in my introduction, but the believer that exhausts himself makes themselves God. Whenever you exalt yourself, you immediately, somebody say immediately, become an enemy with God. Because God does not want any gods before him. So you're an enemy with God. James 4 and 6 reminds us that God opposes the proud. I need y'all to see what that word really means. It's a Greek word, antithesia. And it means to set oneself against in order to attack. In other words, God, the person that is full of pride, God sets himself up for warfare against the one that walks in pride. Y'all hear what I just said? He sets himself up for warfare for the one that walks in pride. Somebody say, don't go to war with God. This is why pride is so dangerous, y'all. That word opposes means to wage. That one of the reasons that God war against did y'all hear what I just said he leaves the presence of the proud so that he can prepare for war against the proud somebody say don't fight against God I don't know if y'all feeling me the Bible says so now they will be humbled and all will be brought low and the Bible says, watch this, do not forgive them. Oh, that's dangerous, y'all. Then it says, I need you to crawl into the caves and in the rocks, hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord and the glory of his majesty. That means because they were full of pride, they would find themselves fighting against God. And as it was for the children of Israel, so it is for those that are full of pride. And this is why God's position on the prideful is that he resists the proud. Somebody say he resists the proud. I don't know about anybody else, but that's a fight I don't want and that's a fight I can't win. You, if you find yourself fighting God, I don't want it. Somebody say I don't want it. Some of y'all knew how to fight real good before you were saved. You were ready, you were ready to fight. You know how to take off everything to get ready to fight. Somebody say that's the fight you don't want. It ain't no homegirls, it ain't no homeboys you can call on. Somebody say that's the fight you don't want. You know, if somebody say I'm about to fight God, you're about to fight who? No, don't call me. Someone say, don't call me. That's a fight you don't want. And watch what, this is why Hebrews 10.31 says, it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And the word fearful in this text is the Greek word, which means prompting one to flee. That means if God going to fight you, somebody say run. 
Yeah, because our outcome is predetermined when we find ourselves in opposition with God. Someone say, God will bring you low. I need us to understand. Your unwillingness to deal with pride. God, I don't just want to deal with pride. I want to destroy it. So the reason he gets ready for warfare is because he's trying to destroy pride. Someone say he's trying to destroy it. Y'all ain't gonna like this. Watch what Proverbs 15, 25 says. The Lord will destroy the house of the pride. I want to say something. This is why you gotta be careful who you exalt in your life. Because God, to get rid of pride, he will destroy everything attached to that pride in your life. Somebody say, don't kill me. Don't lift me to a place that I do not belong. He says, I will destroy the house. Oh, that's dangerous. This means pride and anything attached to it is considered an adversary of God. And I don't want the end of pride in my life to also be the end of me. Someone say, deal with the pride. And watch what Jeremiah 50 32 says. The most, the most proud shall stumble in, and no one will raise up against him. I will kindle a fire in his cities and I will devour all around him. Say everything attached to him. Don't make me an unnecessary casualty because you don't want to deal with the pride in your life. Some say it's unnecessary. I'm done, y'all. I really am done. I don't want us to find ourselves, some say, fighting with God. God resists the pride. And it's important for us to always be mindful of that how we respond to pride will determine how God responds to us. Someone say, if you ain't got discernment, ask God to reveal it. Because God is never passive concerning pride. And I shared this before, we are reminded in Proverbs 6 that God hates pride. God, God, God doesn't look, I, I want y'all to hear me and hear me good. God is merciful. God is kind. God is full of grace. But the one thing that God won't put up with is when you have another God in your life. And most of the time when you're operating in pride, there's another God in your life. And this is why God don't play with folk that are in pride. Someone say he don't play with them. And if you, if you had any kind of sense, you would get yourself around, around from some prideful folk. I'm going to call it out real quick and someone say I'm going to run. Because how you respond to it is how you're going to respond to it, but I'm going to run until you respond. He's never passive. In other words, God has a position on pride. And his position is, is why since he rejects the proud. You need God to show up in your life. Somebody say, remain low. Because the quickest way for God to forsake you is when you are full of pride. The other thing I want y'all to know is that God remembers the proud. Everything, every sin that we commit as a result of pride, he stores up judgment concerning it. Somebody say, don't remember my pride. He also resists the pride. He begins to prepare battle against the one that is boastful. This means when we are overcome with pride, we find ourselves in opposition. 
Sad tragedy, y'all. I don't want I don't want to be a child of God and be opposition with God. I don't want to be called by God. I don't want, want to see the hand of God and I still be in opposition with God. And this is why pride is a poison because those that are full of pride will find themselves fighting with God. Here this is, that's a battle. That, Someone say, that's a battle you don't want. And that's a battle you can't win. I need you to understand something. Don't take yourself low. God will. You know, one of, one of the worst things to do is for people to recognize their pride at their lowest. And not the lowest that they took themselves to, the one that God took themselves to. He will strip you of everything to get you to be, somebody say low. But watch this and I'm done. Watch, watch what verse 11 says again, our foundational text. Human pride will be brought down and human arrogance will be humbled. Only the Lord will be exalted on that day. In other words, God has retribution. Somebody say retribution. That means you're going to have to pay for your pride. Somebody say, I'm going to have to pay for my pride. Whatever we have exalted above God, God will ultimately bring low. And this is why we're admonished throughout scripture. You always see throughout scripture to humble yourself. Do you hear what I, do you see what the Bible says? The Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Because if you don't humble yourself, someone say God will. Help us on today. Let us stand to our feet. Help us on today. Even this pastor, God, help us on today. Let us humble ourselves so that you won't have to humble us. I know we talked about the perspective of pride, but here's why this is so critical. Somebody say, I need God to show up. Somebody is looking for God to show up in their life. And matter of fact, every time we come into this place, somebody say, we need God to show up. I don't know about y'all, but I told y'all this. I got a wife and I got a, I got a two and a half month at home. If I'm going to waste my time coming to church, listen, somebody say, I ain't got time to waste. If I'm going to come to church, I need God to show up. Someone say, I need God to show up. I ain't getting cute for you. Someone say, I need God to show up. So the the reason we've got to deal with pride because we need the presence of God. So let us begin to pray. Put that thing on our heart. If we ever struggle with pride, we exalt it. I, I feel it in this place. We've exalted someone in our life above God. We, we keep calling them. We keep seeking out for them. And God is looking for you to seek out for him. I've put somebody on a pedestal. I put my job on a pedestal. I feel like I'm not going to shift my schedule because I can't miss the money. You done made that money a God. It's pride. It's pride. You think it's all about you. You don't need counsel from nobody, let alone God. And now you're lifted up in pride. Keep getting lifted up and God will bring you low. God, whatever pride may exist in this place, deal with it, God, we pray. Matter of fact, God, as David declared, search our hearts and try us, God. See what is in us that we might know, God, if there's pride in our lives. And God, now when you reveal it, God, help us ourselves to humble ourselves. God, we need you to humble us, God, we pray. Thank you, God, for revealing your position. Thank you, God, that we know now you reject the proud. 
We need your presence, God. Don't reject us. Thank you, God. We know, God, that you remember the proud. And God, that's not a good thing. We don't want you to remember the sins of our pride. And thank you, God, we know now that you resist the proud. I declare over these people, God, that's a war that we don't want and a war that we cannot win. And God, we know, God, that there's retribution for the proud. Help us, God, to humble ourselves. Somebody say, humble ourselves. Because, God, we don't want you to humble us. We love you, God. We adore you. Thank you, God, for your presence. And every heart that believes, every heart that does not want pride to reside in their heart. Somebody say, thank God. Thank God. Amen. Amen. Somebody give God a hand clap. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I believe the Lord wants to do something mighty and great amongst his people. I believe it to be so. I believe even what God did in the life of Dana is just a snippet of what God is going to do. I believe God is going to use his presence so greatly among us. But somebody said we got to be prepared. We got to be prepared. Somebody this morning may be saying I need to give my life to Christ. I don't have his presence in my personal life. If that's you, I want you to lift your hands. If that's you, I want you to um, put a message in on, on Facebook. Send us a message. Send us a message on YouTube that I want to be saved. I want to give my life to Christ. I want to live for you. His presence is not in my life, if that's you. Hey, I want to pray. Somebody says, I'm giving their life to Christ. They may be virtual, but Father, we thank you. Thank you, God, for their life. Thank you, God, that they are saying they are a sinner in need of a Savior. But the good news, God, is you said if we confess with our mouths and believe with our hearts that we can be saved. They're confessing this morning. They're believing, God, that they're a sinner in need of a Savior. They're confessing and they're believing, God, that that Savior is Jesus Christ. That no man comes to the Father but by him. And God, we thank you, God, that Jesus will now lord over their lives. And God, whatever you say they'll do, wherever you say they'll go, because their life is now submitted to you. They're no longer a God in their own lives, but they have someone who will lord over their lives. And for that, God, we say thank you. Thank you, God, that your word declares that whomever you put into your son's hand, no man can snatch away. So their salvation is secure. And as heaven rejoices, we rejoice with heaven as well. Somebody give God a hand clap of praise. <laughs>